Welcome back to One Love Under the Influence. Uh, Kevin here. And so I hope that you guys are getting something out of where we've been heading uh, with this podcast. You know, um, to be honest, like we said at the beginning, it was a new platform and it was something that um, really I personally have never journeyed down this road of, of um, you know, the reality of where I'm sitting talking to you is... I'm used to talking to people. I'm used to talking to people face-to-face. I'm used to going into prisons. I'm used to uh, going into churches, going into men's homes, ministries, Teen Challenge, Canaan Lands. And I'm used to looking at somebody and, and having that discernment of the room. And I'll be honest with you, it took me a minute to try to find myself in um, talking to an empty room, talking to a microphone, and trying to connect my heart with it. And the last thing that I want to do, I don't want to get on here and I don't want to sound like the next catchphrase, you know, Christian uh, trying to give you a bumper sticker to live off of. And so, you know, these podcasts haven't pumped out as fast as I, I as I would have wanted, um, but we're getting our feeding and, and we're finding what it is God's put on, on our heart to do. And um, so I just want you guys to understand kind of the heart behind all this. And it's on my heart to... Uh, you know, I'm big on transparency and I'm big on sharing the truth uh, to things. I don't think that uh, as ministers or pastors or anybody in leadership, uh, the last thing we need to do as leaders um, is make ourselves feel like there's something wrong with you. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you. And you're no less important to God than than anybody else out there, than your pastor or anyone else. Now, the Bible says things like give double honor where double honors do sure if there's a man or woman of god that's that's part of your life absolutely respect them honor them um you know you get what i'm saying but as far as does god see them as more important than you no he doesn't he says in his bible he's no respecter of persons which means if he did it for me he will do it for you and if he does it for you he'll do it for somebody else and he wants to and so You know, what I wanted to talk about tonight that's on my heart is this. You know, when you find yourself in a broken place of, let's say that, let's let's just, let's just say for a minute that you gave your life to God. Let's say that you were serving God. Let's say that you thought that you found the call of God on your life and, you know, everything's going good or you got married to that person and, and everything was going good or you're serving that church and everything's going good. And, and you're serving on a worship team or you're serving in a small group or, you know, you're doing that, you're a deacon, you're serving in the office, whatever the case is, and you're walking this this calling out, so to speak, and then what happens when you didn't deal with something inside of you and now you're hiding sin from other people in your life and that sin is separating you from God's presence. That sin is causing shame. And that shame is causing you to distance yourself from the presence of God. Where you used to be up front, at the altar, on your face, giving it all you got in worship, you know, now you're finding yourself, you got things to do. It's not that you're not trying to enter into worship, but you're trying to make sure that the worship goes good. So you're busy. You're busy doing that. And um, you're telling people that you're pressing in in your own time, and you're telling people that you're digging in on your own time. But when you're at home, you feel like you're losing this fight. At home, you feel like you're losing the heart of the matter. And at home, you're questioning, is God still with me? You know, maybe it's just me and maybe I'm the only one that's ever been there, but I don't think I am. And I don't think it is just me. I think we all deal with these questions and I think we all deal with this uh, 
this question of worth, this question of can God still use me? I botched that marriage. I um, I messed up that, you know, I, I say that the church gave you, um, you know, say that they gave you access to the benevolence fund. Say that you took a credit card and you, and you spent it on things you weren't supposed to spend it on. Say that you were in control of the church's money and you blew it on something you wasn't supposed to blow it on. Guys, this stuff happens. And the more that we keep hiding all this and the more that we keep acting like we're all okay and, and we're just not going to talk about these kind of things because it just don't happen in the church when newsflash, it absolutely happens in the church every day all across America, all across the world. Because you know why? We're imperfect humans living in an imperfect world and we make mistakes and then we are not we all judge everybody so harshly and we're all so hard on each other and we're all these you know we all we all just make it almost impossible it seems you know christians and and everything today it seems like it's almost impossible to make a mistake it's almost impossible to be struggling with something because the moment you are you feel wrote off again maybe it's just me Maybe that isn't how other people feel, but let's just say, let's just say for the sake of, of argument that you've been there. Let's just say for the sake of argument that you've been that person that was on fire and doing really good and then felt wrote off by all the people that were supposed to be there that you thought were going to be there. I want to look at something from two points of view. I want to look at something from the point of view of the person that does the writing off because I've been there. I've been the person that expected more than I should have and Quite honestly, God don't call us to do anything but love. We're not supposed to see the sin. We're not supposed to acknowledge the sin. We're not supposed to sit there and weigh it up and judge it out and and decide how much is is worth what. And that's not our job, guys, period. You know, he says, I'll make you fishers of men. That's, That's it. You get them to him. You don't cook them, clean them, touch them after that. We reconcile people to God. Past that, we love people. That's it. And so I've also been on the side where I felt let down or I felt um, that I could not, that I couldn't be honest or open about the things I'm struggling with. So I'm going to be honest right here. You know, the reality is (laughs) I got, I've been walking with God for over, over 10, 15 years now. I answered a call of God on my life and at November 29th of 2006, I was homeless and it was at a mission in Montgomery, Alabama in the middle of a three-day revival. And I was only there because they were feeding food. I was homeless and I had nowhere to eat. Turned out, you know, it, it was a God thing. And one day I will tell my testimony, but that's how I came to know Christ. And in that time of walking with him, it's, it's not been, it's not like I gave my life to God and uh, I had no more issues and I became this super Christian that did all these great things. Look, that, that would be awesome. Has that been my heart the entire time? Of course it's been my heart the entire time. My heart the entire time would have been to get on fire and write books and make and, and make an impact and, and have restoration with family and have, you know, a life with God. But the thing is, that wasn't the way it went. It went with making horrible decisions in the middle of God blessing me, making bad choices in the middle of people being good to me, being taken advantage of when I was being good to other people. And through all of it, we have to keep our eyes on God. Through all of it, we have to keep our focus on God, on Jesus, and remember what we're doing and and what it's all about. It's not about people. We're not, people aren't our problem. That's what we talked about last time. People aren't our problem. Flesh and blood ain't our problem. It's the enemy that's our problem. But at the same sense, we're not people pleasers. We're not here to just please people and tell people what they want to hear and and all this kind of stuff. And people ain't here to tell us what we want to hear. 
And so, you know, it's been an up and down battle. And the thing I've always struggled with through all of it is self-worth. Well, let's fast forward a little bit. And now we're, we're going on a little bit right over two, right at two years ago, a little over two years ago. That's when I actually got ordained as, as a ordained minister. You know, it's official. They, they brought me in. They ordained me. You know, I was excited. It, it had been something that was on my heart uh, ever since I gave my life to God. And three days after I got ordained, I went and got high on meth. That's right. I went and got high on meth three days after being ordained as, as a pastor, as a preacher, as a minister, as an evangelist in the middle of a big revival. So just let that sink in. Now, let me ask you this. Does God love me any less? Is the call of God on my life, is it, is it different now that that happened? Is the call that he put on my life, is, is the talents that he gave me, is the callings that he gave me, has that changed? Because I made a bad decision. And the answer is no. It didn't change. He says in his Bibles that his calling and his gifts, that, that they're, they're also without repentance. Uh, he's not taking them back from you. All right. He tells you in Joel chapter 2 that he has a way that he will restore the years that, that the crawling locust, the consuming locust, that the years that you've lost, the years that have been thrown away, that he can make it as if you never lost them. It's a heart condition with us. How do you know the love of God if you only think that you're experiencing the love of God when you're acting perfect, when you're thinking perfect, when you're a perfect person, making perfect decisions, doing nothing wrong? How would you possibly know the love of God? Why did Paul feel so loved by God? Because Paul was a murderer. Paul persecuted Christians. He killed them. He sought them out and he killed them. And God was gracious enough with Paul that he didn't kill him. He put scales on his eyes for three days. He didn't kill him. Moses was on the run for 40 years. 40 years. He killed a soldier and took off. Pharaoh was looking for him for 40 years. Moses is married at this point. He's living in the hills somewhere, been on the run, a fugitive on the run for 40 years when he had the burning bush experience and God said, go do this. Guys, the Bible is where the information is going to come from. So I'm here to encourage you one way. And if you're listening from a different perspective, I'm here to say, please stop doing this. If you're the type of person that you want to wave this Bible in everybody's face and try to make them live up to some of whatever your standard is, please stop doing that. Stop that. That's not what God's asked us to do. That's not what God's called us to do as ministers, as as men and women, and just as fellow Christians, brothers and sisters. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to edify, love each other. What does it say in the Bible? It says, "Let you okay." And if you expect, if you if you consider yourself to be a, a a good spiritual leader, a Christian, a strong Christian that rehabilitates your brothers and sisters back to Christ, then you have to walk it out the way the Word says. And what does it say? It says, "Let you who are spiritual restore your brother and sister in what gentleness and meekness, lest they be overtaken in too much sorrow, and they never even return to God." See, that's the problem. We're pushing people away from God. And they're not returning to God because they don't feel the love of God. Because they feel like they have to hide everything they're doing when, hey, newsflash, none of us are perfect. I just told you I smoked meth three days after being ordained. 
But yet, God's blessed me with restoring my life with my children, restoring my life in my right mind. He has kept me alive out of a drug world that I should have died in a hundred times over, had a hole waiting on me. He's opened doors in ministry, everything else. Now, okay, let's let's fast forward a little bit more. Um, I've just I've just finalized a divorce. I've just finished up a divorce. I'm I'm at I, that's done. The chapters are closed in my life, her life. As I sit here, does that mean God's done with me? Does that mean God has nothing for her? That because we didn't make a marriage work, does that mean God doesn't doesn't have plans to to do great things and, and a hope and a future and prosper my ex-wife? Does that what that means? That wash your hands of her because a, a marriage didn't work out? No, it doesn't. He still, Jeremiah 29, 11 does not change based on the fact if we do or don't make make bad or, bad or good choices. We're human beings, and a lot of times we get ahead of ourselves, and we don't we don't operate in humility, we don't act in humility, and we don't we don't keep our eyes focused on God and let Him actually work on us long enough on the inside. We like to try to tell ourselves, "No, we got this. We've got this. You know, we we got this. I've been walking with God for a year and a half now. By God, I, I know how to make a marriage work and run a ministry and stay clean and everything. I mean, come on." What we need is humility. What we need is love. What we need is humility and we need love. What's the Bible say? It's that it's what? Humility and fear of the Lord. Two things, humility and fear of the Lord are life, honor, and riches. You want respect in your community? Have some humility and fear of the Lord. You want life? You want life? Have humility and fear of the Lord. You want riches? Have humility and fear of the Lord. Just quoting some scriptures and, and, and beating everybody over the brow with it every time that, that, that you feel like they didn't add up to whatever your expectations were. Hey, newsflash, I cannot put a child in an airplane and get mad if he can't fly it. So we can't run around and get upset with everybody if they're not living up to what we think they should live up to. But what we can do, what we do have the ability to do is love them through their mess, love them through their whatever happens. You know, and do I wish anything bad on my ex-wife? Absolutely not. You know, the marriage didn't work. The marriage didn't work. God still loves me. God still has a powerful call in my life. God will still, that call, what, what matters and what will determine where I go with God and what will determine where she goes with God has nothing to do with the fact that we failed in life in, in this area or that area. What does the Bible say? We all fall short. We all fall short. If we, there would be no reason for Jesus to go to a cross and there would be no reason to give us grace and mercy if we weren't going to make decisions and do things in life that we need to say, hey, Lord, I need some grace and I need some mercy. Guys, we got to love each other. We've got to love each other and we've got to stop being so hard on each other, you know, and get in the word. Get in the word of God for yourself. That's where God's going to speak to you. That's where God's going to change you. And that's where you're ultimately as Christians, you have to make a decision and say, listen, if I'm going to call myself a Christian, if I'm going to say I believe in God, if I'm going to pray before I eat, if I'm going to claim Christianity, guys, we have to seriously ask ourselves, how much time do I spend in my Bible? How much time do I spend listening to this God that I claim to, to live for and, and everything? Because it's not all glamour and glitter and, and you know, it's sometimes it's stripping yourself down to your core and it hurts, and it's hard, and it can be lonely, it can be hard, it can be a fight, it, it can feel like it's you're, it's all you can do to hold on and not break for good, but that doesn't mean God isn't in the moments. What's he say? He prunes us. You know, getting cancer cut out don't feel good, but if you don't do it, you'll die. 
you know, and in them moments, God's close to us. You know, the Bible in Psalms 119 and 9, it says this. It says, how could a young man cleanse his ways? All right, so say I'm a young man or I'm a young woman. I've made bad decisions. I've botched my whole life. And now I'm sitting here saying, I can't fix this. How do I fix this? How, how do I even begin to wrap my mind around getting everything back on track? Well, there again, it's in our Bible, guys. It's right here. And that's what he says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people perish from lack of knowledge. What is knowledge? God's word. We're perishing because we're choosing not to educate ourselves on what our creator has left us. This is his book to us, his love story to us to say, guys, this is the secret to life is do the best you can do to do what this book says and uh, love each other. And it says right here in Psalms 119 and 9, how can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to your word. By taking heed according to your word. You know, I'm going to leave you with one more thing tonight, you know, and I don't want to sound like I'm yelling or like I'm, you know, this or that. And guys, I'm just being, look, I, I hope you can handle the honesty. I hope that whoever listens, I hope that you can hear my heart. And I'm, I'm most certainly not bragging on any kind of life of drugs or alcohol or anything like that. I'm bragging on the grace and love and mercy of Jesus. I'm bragging on the power of God, the power of the cross, and the fact that he's no respecter of persons, that you haven't gone too far. You have not messed up too much. You have not done that thing that has separated you from the love of God. He's not chasing you down to throw all, all everything you've done in your face. And just because things don't work out in life, just because you find yourself saying, hey, I could have done a lot of things different. Yeah, we could have. We really could have. But you know what you can do to make sure you don't find yourself in that position again? Get in the word. And the Bible says a wise man learns from another man's mistakes. But let me leave you with this. And uh, again, guys, I'm just trying to share my heart with y'all and share my life with you and what I do know. What I do know is the love of God is real. What I do know <laughs> is the grace of God is real. Because he's, he's it, it just is. It really is. Psalms 147 and 3, it says this says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds psalms 51 the most honest confession of personal sin in the bible ends with these words to god you will not despise this broken and crushed heart your story it is different you know but i would be surprised if there were not times when in great pain you sensed that god was near you because he says in in the book of matthew he says that blessed are those who mourn Jesus said that, for they shall be comforted. So guys, when you find yourself in places of feeling bad about what you're doing, say you went and got high or you, you, you went and had a drink or you know you cheated or whatever you've done, I'm not condoning it. What I'm saying though, don't be so discouraged by the fact that you feel the way you feel. The fact that you feel that, the fact that you feel conviction means that there's hope. The fact that you can feel that means there's hope. The time that you need to be concerned is when you can do these things and feel nothing. When you can run around and act like that and feel nothing and have and feel like you're you know, like it doesn't matter, it doesn't even bother you, it doesn't even register when you've done something like that. That's time to worry. As long as you're feeling something in there, cling to God with all you have. Take that what you feel. Do not hide in shame over it, but go and you lay it at the feet of the one that can deliver you, the one that loves you, the one that's not judging you, not mad at you, that has plans for your life. You go and you put it at his feet and say, 
Help me get this right. If you don't quit, you win. Guys, I love you. We love you here at One Love Ministries. I encourage you, don't give up. Do not give up. And whatever it is you're going through, wherever you're at, I really feel like this message was meant for certain for certain people to hear because I've spent a lot of time beating myself up. And you know what? I think that we're about, I know that we're hitting a season of the thing that was conquering you is the thing that's going to spring you forward. The thing that was holding you down and beating you up and making you feel unapproachable to God. It's time for you to to put that thing under the blood of Jesus. Don't think about it no more and know that you're loved, you're cared about, you're redeemed, and that Jesus died for you to have a right to bring that particular thing right there you're dealing with to God and he's making intercession for you when you do that he's at the right hand of God saying look grace mercy love so guys we love you we believe in you guys and if you don't remember anything else till the next time we talk you are absolutely valuable to God